guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week's episode is sponsored by Dragonfly Tea, who are an independent family company based in Hampshire and rooted in five generations of tea craftsmanship. Dragonfly are leaders in tea innovation and all their tea bags are fully biodegradable. Dragonfly is just not about the tea in your cup. It's about how it got there and the uplifting effect it has on your day-to-day life. Dragonfly tea creates wonderful daily moments so you can press pause and have time to reflect, refresh, and move forward with new clarity and purpose. They care deeply about the purity and quality of their teas and are committed to traditional and sustainable methods of tea cultivation and processing. They actively support small-scale production and they deal directly with farmers they support and believe in organic gm-free farming dragonfly travel the globe to source their award-winning teas from black teas to everyday green and rooibos teas each one leads you on a journey of reflections discovery and taste the idea that quality food and drink takes time and care both in the growing preparation and appreciation is at the heart of everything they do their teas are absolutely delicious i highly recommend them so if you guys want to order your dragonfly tea simply go to www.dragonflytea.com and use code dragonfly20 at checkout to get 20 percent off your order in this week's giveaway leading up to christmas our final one um we have some amazing amazing things that we're giving away again so another habit nest journal another mushroom growing kit from urban Farmit and two personalized wellness classes plus a 25 pound online shop voucher to conduit wellness there are also up circle beauty products a box of hugs are giving a time for yourself box which just sounds like the ultimate self-care and dragonfly tea are offering a selection of their rooibos teas and again we are huge fans of these teas so we can confirm that they are absolutely delicious we hope you guys have been enjoying these giveaways leading up to christmas um this is the last one but if you guys really like them maybe we can bring some back peppered throughout the year but if you want to enter to win this week's giveaway just head to the forking wellness instagram account and enter twin welcome back to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast and this week we're talking about why calories or not even calories but like why nutrition labels kind of suck yeah and i get it's almost similar this is how i feel about nutrition labels or kind of labels on food it's kind of like bmi yeah it's like we kind of need them there is a place for it but take it with a pinch of salt yeah totally and i think like we go through phases and i think it's quite um representative of kind of like our journey with food and nutrition to Mm -hmm. a point where like you just don't care at some point but some at one point in your life you might really care and it might be motivated by different things so you know some people look at sugar because they have type 2 diabetes and that's like Mm -hmm. not what we're talking about today there's no like medical reason um but in general why nutrition labels kind of suck but before we get into it I saw this really interesting trend on TikTok and I wanted to ask you about it because I wanted to do it but then I told Mark about it so I kind of want you to do it oh god what I don't think I've opened my TikTok app in like six months but oh no you can do it because someone um I saw posted on their Instagram stories 
Um, but it's this trend where you are talking to your phone like you're doing a story, but you're really recording like your partner's reaction and you pretend that you're or you don't pretend, but you pretend like someone asked you about a question and you're giving an answer that's like completely false. So like, hi, guys. And you start like really just like so Instagrammy, like, hi, guys. I know you guys asked me about my morning routine, so I'm going to say it. Um, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I go for a five mile run and you do this whole thing and it's like completely like bullshit. Oh, my God. And I'm going like, to do this. I meditate for two hours, like in the dark, like with a towel over my head. And you just like record their reaction. Oh, my and God. It, I, I so want to do this. And it's so funny like all the videos I watched have me like absolutely dying Wait, so you're filming their reaction whilst you're pretending you're filming yourself yeah so you're like this sorry for everyone who's listening and you can't see but you're like this and you're like hi guys so I know a lot of you guys have been asking about my exercise routine so I just wanted to say it so every day I start with a 12 mile run and then I I actually skip the way home and that is really good because it activates my glutes better like you make up something like oh absolutely God, ridiculous gonna, like try and really think about how to play this I'm really excited <laughs> it's so funny but I'm really mad because I was laughing I saw it last night and I was like showed Mark because I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious and I'm like shit I should have actually done that because yeah, you literally he... should have done because I feel like you two would have been even funnier than me and Ash doing it. he would have like interrupted me in the middle I'd be like he would have been like what are you talking that? to what are you doing <laughs> that what are you you don't run. <laughs> I can just imagine him being like, what do you say? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So before I just wanted to like say that out loud because I thought it was so funny. Um, and you that need to do hilarious. it. hilarious. I really need to do that. Maybe. I'll oh my God. You know who you should do it in front of as well? Your dad. I was just about to say, I need to also go over to my family's house and do this as well. <laughs> that would be so so funny in front I want to do dad. it on like Kitty I better do it before Kitty listens to this podcast actually oh yeah so it's Sunday morning so do it before Wednesday yeah I'm seeing her today so okay do it tell me how it goes record it <laughs> oh my god it's maybe, so funny maybe we'll post it on the forking wellness okay there's a lot of pressure I hope the opportunity presents itself or I can actually do it okay if it doesn't don't worry but if okay. you do get a good video we could post it on the forking on this instagram account and i'll 100 percent do it with ash yeah so funny okay anyways back to food labels <laughs> i had to get that out of the way no, um okay good so food labels um i don't even know where to start um why don't why? we start by just saying why they're relevant why we need them because they do fun. have some place yeah Yeah, I think the analogy you made to BMI was actually really good because, you know, it is important to be aware of the food that we're eating. The point I'm trying to make here is not that we shouldn't care what we eat, but it's just the level to which we hold that information on the label to be like the most important thing when making a food decision. And that's what I think is wrong. Like we shouldn't make food decisions based off a label. We that information is important, but I think it's not very relevant yeah, like for example, if you are making a pasta and you feel like buying a really rich tomatoey pasta sauce and you look at the label and it's got like three grams more sugar than the pasta sauce that doesn't look so great, buy the buy the one your body's like, actually, that looks really good. 
Exactly. And so, first of all, I think nutrition labels in the UK are so confusing because they put everything on a per 100 gram basis. Yeah, now, it's not per serving. Well, sometimes I, it is, but not always. It is. And I know that is really like helpful when you're thinking on a per 100 gram basis. Like I could see something has five grams of sugar. I know that's 5%. And mm-hmm. for some people, you know, for whatever, you know, I'm just using the example of type 2 diabetes because it's something I work with quite often. But, you know, if you are trying to manage your type 2 diabetes, looking at packaged foods that have like five grams or less, like 5% sugar or less, is helpful to manage your blood sugars. Mm -hmm. So I get why it's relevant. But like to the average person, I don't know 100 grams of anything. Like, that's just not a metric that I ever grew up with. Like, it was always, like, cups or packages or whatever. But in America, it's always, like, half a pack or mm-hmm. two-thirds of a pack. I feel like that's, like, easier to digest because then I'm thinking, like, what the hell is 100 grams? Completely. And then sometimes if, like, you're buying a sauce or something and it's, like, per 100 grams and you see, like, 40 grams of sugar in it, you're like, what? But, like, probably you're only, only having, like, two tablespoons of it if it's, like, yeah, a dressing. Exactly. So it's it's very, very confusing. Um, But then also, like, there's just, like, sneaky things that I think food companies do. Because, okay, at the end of the day, they want to make their label look the most appealing, don't they? Yeah. So they're going to take things, and I'm talking about, like, ingredients, and they're going to try and make it seem less, less scientific and give, like, a more common name so people will try and understand what it is or if it's basically like sugar they'll try and word it in a way that doesn't look like sugar I feel like I don't want to like diss protein bars because I've eaten them in the past and I you know I still do but I don't particularly like them that much but they're always like oh low sugar low carb low this low that and it's like they're just packed with like weird ingredients and you're probably just best off having a normal protein bar that has like a decent amount of sugar in it because you need sugar if like I don't know you're training or you've just been to the gym proper carbohydrates from like proper food protein from proper proteins you know what I mean like yeah I just feel like if you look at the if you actually look at the label the first ingredient so this is another thing to know about food labels the first ingredient is what's makes up most of the food item yeah so they're like ranked so if that first thing is like sometimes it's a sweetener yeah and that's the thing they can put a sweetener on it and be like low sugar because there's yeah. no or sugar free. Um, so yeah, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty much my point. It's like <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes the main ingredient is something that like isn't even that recognizable to the body. Yeah, or even like and and sometimes that is important to look on packages. Like I'm not gonna lie, when I buy Mark um, like sausages or certain yeah meats and stuff or like some pre-made things like I will check just to make sure there's a high percentage of actual whatever the ingredient is whether it be chicken or something um but I I would never look at the like the chart if that makes sense or maybe I would I mean I think there's like a case for everything but like I don't know. I used to kind of look at labels and I never actually knew why I was looking at them. Um, But now I don't think I've looked at a nutrition label in years because I think if I want something, I just have it and I take it for what it is. Like I know Mm -hmm. if I'm going to have a cookie from like a biscuit from a packet, I'm not going to, sorry, Oscar's in bed and he's snoring and I feel like you definitely hear it. (laughs) I have Um, heard a few times, but it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he actually hasn't gotten out of bed yet. So it's 10 on a Sunday morning. He is having a Sunday lion. 
He's literally under the covers as well. <laughs> so cute. So funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I ha- like, take it for face value. I'm not going to compare a label of digestives to a label of hobnobs and try and see mm. which one is better for me. Because at the end of the day, I just am looking for a biscuit and it is what it is. And I feel like if you're going out and you want like a cookie, you know, like the really nice chewy ones you get from like the pack of four. Yeah. The first ingredient will probably be sugar. Yeah. Like that's why they taste so good. But like there's no point trying to find like a lower sugar cookie. If you want a cookie, you just have the cookie because you're probably not going to be having them for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. Yeah. Like the, the pack of cookies will have no impact on your health or weight. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is like the front. So this is not in America, but like the front of packaging, the color labels. Mm -hmm. I feel like they are so misleading. I think, again, they're there for a reason. I know that like public health campaigns have really pushed for that because on the things like kids cereals, they were very, very high in sugar. But then you can get a pack of dates and you know, that might be a red label as well. So in that sense, yes, they're very misleading, but I do kind of understand why we have them because I always think there's two types of people and the people we kind of know and probably are talking to at the moment are those worried well people who are on Instagram constantly kind of worrying about what they're eating, trying to educate themselves. And then there's those people that maybe live outside of London, maybe they aren't on social media and they are just unfortunately more uneducated because we're not taught nutrition in schools we're not Mm. taught about ingredients and I think for those people it is important for them to know that actually the the cereal you're buying for your kids and the kid the cereal the kid is eating every day is extremely high in sugar yeah so if a cereal company and I don't know this so um if a cereal company had a label that was like red in sugar and then they kind of did the frontal labeling initiative and then they took that out but they put it with sweeteners instead can they still put a green tick for sugar if it's all full of sweeteners well yeah because so that's sugar- why I feel like it's so irrelevant because I completely agree because as well we just don't have enough research on those sweeteners at the moment and they could be more damaging than sugar we just don't know yeah and I would argue that you know have the sugar don't have the sweetener kind of thing Mm -hmm. um that's just my personal preference um or personal opinion but yeah and then it's like oh you can just put like low fat on the on the front but then it's usually like more added sugars or vice versa Mm -hmm. low in sugar but then there's like a ton of trans fat or sweeteners so I feel like yeah they are important especially for people who might might not have education in nutrition when doing food labels but I feel like the food companies are so clever and switched on that you know they're gonna find ways around it so it's almost I don't know I just I don't trust it especially if you look at a pack of nuts and it's red yeah. across the board. So it's red for calories, which I think is like so weird that you can put a red for that because that's so arbitrary. And I feel like everyone should be including more nuts in their diet. They exactly. are so nutritious. There's so much research behind them as to why they're beneficial to have in your diet. And I'm talking like daily as well. Yeah. So exactly. if anyone's trying to like scare you away from nuts, I have an issue with that. Yeah, exactly. And so they're all red right? Because mm-hmm. they're high in fat, but they're high in really healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Um, they're nutrient dense, but so that also means dense. that they are higher in calories, but we know calories just like literally a unit of energy. But also talk about the study you 
and I, I actually use this with my clients all the time with nuts because it's often a fear food because they're high yeah. in fats but yes I'll let that so, so I was listening to um Tim Spector's new book um I forget what it's called but it's on audible I could put it in the show notes um but he was he mentioned the study and then I researched it because I wanted to learn more about it and actually how like cal not not necessarily calories this is the example that they used but how nutrition labels need to be updated regularly because we have new science and things Mm -hmm. so almonds they used to put out that you know on the package they have it 6.1 calories per gram of almonds but that's basically in a lab so if we were to burn it in a lab that's how much energy it would produce but our bodies aren't like laboratories like Mm -hmm. we digest things different we extract different nutrients things like fiber play an impact because we don't actually digest it and things get passed out and when actually we they did a study um on what we actually absorbed it was only 4.6 calories per gram so it was overestimated by 32 percent yeah and then they kind of sorry oscar just starting to lick his paws and i feel like you hear it god this microphone is so good but it literally picks up everything um, but the the argument that I'm trying to make or the the point that I'm trying to highlight is just because there's one number on the back, that's a very scientific measurement of like literally when we burn food, this is how much energy it produces, but our body isn't burning food. We're digesting and absorbing, and that plays a big impact on extraction of nutrients and calories absorbed. Yeah, so it just kind of to add to what Barry just said, when we eat a portion of almonds only around 60% is actually being kind of absorbed slash used by the body in terms of the calorie content. The rest is, again, we don't know the full extent, but maybe just purely feeding your gut microbes. Yeah, exactly. And And then being passed through. There is research that if you and I were to eat the same food, our bodies wouldn't absorb Mm -hmm. all the nutrients and the calories the same because a lot of that is one dictated by our gut microbiome. And we know that there's a lot of difference between people based on genetics and, you know, based on the foods we eat and were we on recent antibiotics. So there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. that kind of can affect your gut microbiome and two people aren't going to extract things the same. So it is kind of like BMI where we need this rough measurement, but reality everyone's body is so unique and you know we can't tell unfortunately we can't tell like if I eat an almond like oh what was my exact percentage of absorption yeah. like we don't know but as long as we know I think we are so much more educated now in terms of the nutritional value of food and as long as we feel like we're nourishing our body and that's doing something great for us you know like I I might eat almonds every day and feel great you might not want to eat almonds every day or you feel like you know you don't benefit from eating them but you might mm-hmm. love avocado every day yeah do you know what I mean like there's different ways totally. you can nourish yourself and again you know I've had clients that have said oh I, you know I'm really trying to drink green tea because it's really good for me and it's got really antioxidants loads of antioxidants in and I'm like there are so many other foods and drinks that have antioxidants in you don't have to kind of like there's no one like amazing food that we should all be including in our diet every day yeah and there's no one right way to eat like there's research yeah. saying that if you want to eat this way that's fine I, I mean we've spoken about this before and we actually touch a lot about it in our book but the most important thing you can do is just find a way of eating that suits your lifestyle and that you can enjoy and that you can actually do in the long term because so many times if you're doing something and you can't stick to it 
for whatever reason, it's not because you have failed. It's because whatever you're trying to do is way too restrictive or just doesn't suit with your lifestyle. Yeah. If you're not wholeheartedly benefiting from the way that you're eating, something's not right. Yeah, something needs to change. I completely agree. Um, There was something else about the nuts that I wanted to talk about and just escape my mind. Um, I forget. Oh, but also when it comes to food labels, you're allowed to have 20% a margin of error. So I believe in America, it's actually 30. And then in the UK, I think it's 20. So Quite a lot of 30%. Yeah, so if you're eating, I'm just using this because it's a whole number. Um, And that's overall under. Yes. Yeah. So if you're eating a 100 calorie snack, that could be 130 calories or 70 calories. But actually, we don't know how much we actually absorb out of that. Yeah. So that's why the whole idea of kind of calorie counting and macro counting, it's not exact. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really make sense for us to follow it because it's so arbitrary and just, you know, unique to the individual. But yeah, I just feel like it's, it's interesting that companies are given that margin of error I feel like Mm -hmm. that also is indicative of how inaccurate a lot of this information is if they're allowed such a large room to make mistakes legally yeah and I I mean I will never be an advocate of calorie counting if someone comes to me and says actually it really works for me and I you know it just works I'd be like okay cool I'm not going to argue with you but you can have you can be on a 2,000 calorie a day diet and have mcdonald's for breakfast lunch and dinner every day and that's not healthy the same as you know you could have two thousand calories worth of green juice every day that's not healthy either yeah i completely agree i think it's it also and this is something we spoke about in work this week is that you're placing a lot of value on external cues for eating so Mm -hmm. you're guided by the number of calories you're not guided by how hungry or satisfied you are because if you know that you can have 500 calories for dinner you might be full at 350 but your your mind tells you oh well I can have this so I'll just mm-hmm. keep eating and then you kind of lose touch with your internal signals and you, you forget how to eat and trust yourself because you're you guided by external motivations not internal motivations well you learn to actively ignore those internal cues because like you said you're relying solely on external cues which we were never meant to be doing <laughs> no and it is such a weird a weird concept that I don't actually want it but I know I can have it so I'm gonna have it well it's like if you want it have it but if you don't actually want it why are you forcing yourself to eat it yeah well I remember when I was like a teenager and I used to this is obviously when I had a very disordered relationship with food but I used to buy those little um I won't say the brand but they're just like low calorie crisps which are snacks god knows what was in them but like no nutritional value like yeah. you're not going to find any benefit in those kind of low calorie snack bars or crisps but they were like 109 calories per portion and I'm like that's great I can fill up it's only 100 calories whereas like if I had just had like some almonds and some yeah. and, like an apple like I would have been giving my body so much more yeah exactly and that's why I think when we focus on the nutrition label you lose touch mm-hmm so much with the foods that you actually want to eat and enjoy and look if you want to process packaged food like do it like I love those foods and they have a place in your diet and they are important you can't cut them out like they deserve to be eaten but you know take take it with a pinch of salt in the sense that you know you're not I'm trying 
to find the words. But if you're trying to eat gummies, like there's no point in checking the labels between wine gums and Percy pigs. Oh, completely. Yeah, if you want sweets, then like just pick the sweets you want. Yeah, and I I think it's the same with everything. Like you know that certain foods don't have food labels because they don't need them because they're not processed. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like fruits and vegetables and, you know, even certain like meats and things like that, like they're packaged, but they're not processed. And they'll usually just have that one ingredient on it. You know, sometimes they'll have a like I'm thinking of like sometimes cheese or something, depending on the package, maybe there'll be a a stabilizer to make it shelf stable for a bit longer. But I just feel like if you don't, if there's no label, then you know it's an unprocessed kind of food, then like that's fine. But if you're checking labels between different processed foods, it's like, just eat it. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to find, like you said before, the best pasta sauce. If you like one certain pasta sauce, just eat the pasta sauce and just make sure that you have, you know, a ton of other foods in your diet that, you know, are not from a package. I don't know if I'm explaining this. Right. No, I, I I know what you mean. And I think just that's where variety is so important because the more variety we have in our diet, the kind of less opportunity there is for us to eat the same pasta sauce every day or, you know, yeah. the same cookies every day. And that we know that that's what the gut thrives off of anyway. So I think just by actively saying, OK, I'm going to do a more varied shopping list this week or I'm going to try something new. That's the best thing. That's the best place to start in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. And I completely understand that a lot of people rely on packaged foods because, you know, whatever their lifestyle is or for economic reasons. And I'm not trying to say, you know, don't have those. But what I am trying to say is just take the label with a pinch of salt. And Mm -hmm. if you're comparing one gram of sugar from one packet to the next, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the time as well, these processed foods because even like tinned foods count as processed foods right exactly but they're so nutritious like a tin of beans super cheap super nutritious one of your five a day packed with fiber like don't not buy that because you're like oh it's processed yeah I think the word processed is, are processed. yeah exactly and I think that word has kind of scared people exactly. and making them think oh I do need to look at the label <laughs> yeah you don't like we said, anything that's processed is just not in its natural state. So frozen berries are technically processed because they were frozen. Yeah. And that's a form of processing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be scared by the word process and packaged. Mm-hmm. But there are foods that aren't processed and packaged. It's I feel like it's so hard because I think we all essentially just want to live a healthy diet. Like, we all just want to be our best selves, and a lot of that comes down to just being healthy. But there's so much mixed information, misinformation out there that we get so boggled down on, like, certain words because marketing has told us that they matter because Mm -hmm. they're pushing a product that is not processed, not packaged, Mm -hmm. when in reality, it doesn't matter. Yeah, literally. Like, I think, if like, again, going back to the variety, as long as you've got you know, those kind of loose veg, loose fruit kind of items. Um, And then, you know, you're buying, like I buy packaged goods for snacks because, you know, I don't always make my snacks from scratch. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just want to buy some naked bars or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Ash Ash loves those like Velveeta biscuit bars. Oh, so does my. He has them like most days, but he also eats like variety the rest of the day. So yeah, but. 
even like bread is processed. Yeah. Milks, yogurts, like <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So I think that yeah. I think we just need to I, I understand because I really do understand people's motivation to like yeah be healthy and they want to actively check and I get it and I'm not trying to tell you don't care mm. but I'm just trying to tell you that there are certain things you should care about and then certain things that are so negligible that it's really not worth your your you getting worked up about something yeah but I think if you're actively trying to include let's say more fiber in your diet cool you might want to look at the label and be like okay how many grams of fiber is this you know is it high fiber is it going to help me up my intake I think in that sense things can be quite useful um but also I did want to touch on plant milks because there's so much marketing with like oh it's just two ingredients no nasties no added whatever whereas actually the milks that or the plant milks that you see with more ingredients on the back they're just like fancy name for vitamins and like added nutrients and you know they've just been fortified they're the plant milks you kind of want to be buying whereas some people are probably thinking oh well actually this brand just has like the almond and water and salt that's probably much healthier because I recognize all those ingredients that's such a good thing to bring up one because if you are drinking plant milk maybe you are vegan and then actually you do need to find those fortified foods because did you hear Oscar? Yes. Yeah. Um, you do need to find those fortified foods because you're not getting them through your diet. So mm-hmm. that is so important. And then the other thing is like that whole thing of if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Oh, I know. And it's like if there's too many ingredients, don't buy it. Like I'm going to put my hands up and say I can't pronounce the scientific name for vitamin A. It is not in my vocabulary. I can't even like begin to try and do it um but if you saw that on a nutrition label you'd be like oh my god that's a really scary word like what is that it's like something with an a it's a whatever i can't say it are you googling it yeah (laughs) i was i was you know when like you google something and it actually says it for you oh yeah let me see if it works Um, uh, oh it doesn't give the option but yeah it's a really long like got hyphens in it it's like alpha I don't I can't even say it but yeah exactly. that's <laughs> the point I'm trying to make so if you if it was fortified with vitamin E and I put the scientific name you'd be like oh my god that looks like a chemical I'm not gonna have yeah, that because exactly. that's a really long confusing word when in reality it's vitamin A mm-hmm. um but then they kind of clocked on that people don't like to see those big scientific words so in a lot of nutrition labels you'll see citric acid that's literally vitamin C mm-hmm. so that's why so the policymakers or the manufacturers will try to make their ingredients look more appealing and less scientific, but you can have the same for like sugar. So they'll disguise the sugar into something that we think is really kind of safer. I don't, not the sugar isn't safe. So it's, I'm not using the right word. Sorry. It's really early in the morning and <laughs> I'm still on my second cup of coffee. So probably not the best time to record, but they'll, they'll try and make it. So we're less fearful of it. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing, if you can't pronounce it, don't get it, is so wrong. I remember at one point, like, there was a whole thing about quinoa. And it's like, how do you say the word quinoa? And some people were like, oh, is it healthy? Is it not? Because, like, it's got a bit of a weird name. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. I I love, I I don't know if this is me, but I love when people mispronounce quinoa to quinoa. Oh, I I, that used to be me. (laughs) I think even in our book, I like 
like phonetically spelt it out at one time like quinoa <laughs> like a while ago this was a very long time ago but like when it first came into because obviously like quinoa has been around for ages but I don't ever remember eating it until I was like at least 22 like, interesting yeah really weird so I just didn't know how to say it so you were a quinoa oh my god Oscar you're messing up this audio um <laughs> You were a Kanoa kind of girl. Yeah, I was. I might go back to that. <laughs> I might go back. <laughs> I might change my email address. Yeah. <laughs> Noah girl at gmail.com. <laughs> oh my God, Ask, I'm literally going to get so angry with you. Everyone on the podcast is literally hanging up right now because you're loud. Um, okay, but what else about nutrition labels? Is there anything else that we're kind of missing in terms of Um, you know they're important but like and I think the point that you made with fiber is really important because sometimes there are things that you want to add more of into your diet and you have to look at the nutrition label to find out so it's a double-edged sword I think that's a good example as as well you know when I get in the kitchen sometimes you know I've literally just made this like white chocolate and raspberry bread and it's like butter sugar eggs like everything you'd expect in like a old school kind of recipe but sometimes I make a bread with oats and bananas and, you know, flaxseed or whatever, because sometimes it's nice to make something where you have added a bit of nutrition into it and you mm-hmm. know, that could be your snack for the week. But on the flip side, sometimes it's nice to just indulge in something really sweet. Yeah, So exactly. it's the same. I think I was trying to make the same point with like food labels. Sometimes it's nice to look for something that, yes, maybe has some added nutrition into it. But if you are just feeling like, actually, I just want something a bit more old school that's what my body feels like cool like that's totally fine as well yeah and I just feel like we've we've become a society that just fears chemicals and fears Mm. this stuff but sometimes they're not always bad like they're there for a reason they're there to make things more shelf stable so Mm -hmm. people can afford to eat so farmers can afford to put things on the shelves or else you know that's science we have evolved so much and look how much able we're able to put on the shelves and what the supermarkets look like now compared to 50 years ago and that's necessary to keep the economy going and I think sometimes we get so oh I'm gonna do raw this and raw that because Mm -hmm. we become so obsessed with trying to be the healthiest and you know live the best and it it just takes all the I don't know it just you you remove yourself so much from actual life yeah and it's, it's just not worth it. Like, just take it with a pinch of salt. Like, eat your fruit, eat your veg, eat your whole grains. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no denying that kind of we need to be eating more of those. But don't fear a process and packaged food as well. I, I don't yeah, know if I'm that's right. Yeah, no, completely. And in the UK, we're actually extremely lucky because we have quite tight food regulations. I don't think it's the same in the US, if I'm no, honest. I think, I think America's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's more reason to be checking food labels in the US, um, but we won't go into that. Um, But in the UK, we are very, very lucky. And, you know, we're not pumping chickens with antibiotics and things like that. And, you know, organic, there's no research in the UK to say organic is much healthier. It might be better environmentally to buy organic. So if you can, great you know you're doing something to support sustainability but a lot of people can't afford organic so that's fine and it's not going to damage your health yeah there was another thing I wanted to mention that on when again when it comes to food labeling if a certain company doesn't meet a certain threshold they legally don't have to put it on 
the food label. So I'm going to use a random example. If there's a small trace amount of, let's say, trans fat, but it doesn't meet the threshold for what counts as trans fat, you don't have to put it on the label. But if you're then going to eat 10 servings of that one item, you might actually cross over the threshold, but it's not on the label. So there's like a lot of these holes and these gaps within the labeling process that kind of make the system less reliable. Yeah. And I think if you do, you know, if you're standing in the aisle doing your supermarket shop and you're comparing the two brands to see what has a little bit less sugar than the other one, that's just so miserable and you're causing yourself more stress than if you were to just not look, pick your favorite and get on with it. Yeah. And I just want to caveat that, like, I completely agree. And that's what I said from the get go. But if you are someone who's trying to follow a medical diet and you need yeah, to have yeah. low sugar or for whatever reason, your medication I don't know, interacts with high sodium or something Mm -hmm. like that, and you need to check labels, like check your labels if medically warranted. But if there's nothing kind of medically, you know, pushing you to check those labels and you're kind of just comparing, you know, this one has five less ingredients than the other one, but I really like it, then go for the one you like. But if you do like the one that happens to have five less ingredients, cool, great. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be that that's really driving those minute decisions. It should, I think we just... I, I want everyone to be as healthy as they can, but I think that comes with less obsession. And I think that yeah. with these like smaller, more micro decisions when it comes to food, it does not matter. And don't let the food label guide your choices because we know that they're super irrelevant in terms of how our body processes things. Yeah, I think if it's fueling a disordered relationship with food, then it's, you're really not benefiting from it. Yeah, like if you're researching food labels... Mm-hmm. online before you go to the supermarket that's a big red flag yeah completely um but yeah well, let's also just touch on as well how things are so differently metabolized in the body I know we did touch on that a little bit at the beginning but that's why I just never advise anyone count calories because 300 calories of a packet of crisps versus 300 calories in an avocado so different Two, so different so so different and again that's why the whole kind of 100 calorie snack thing annoyed me because you can have like a low cal pack of crisps for 100 calories or you can have i don't know a banana two yeah. again very different things two wildly different nutritional value exactly and there's also like a lot of things that aren't listed on a food label that happen in your body so if you things like insulin you you that's not on a food label how much mm-hmm. insulin your body is producing after you eat something. But we know that too much insulin produced is not good. And in the presence of insulin, our body shifts to more, you know, I'm not trying to feed any like low carb agendas here. But what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is that we know that physiologically in the body, when there's a rise in insulin, our body shifts to fat storage. And that's just kind of how the body works but if you're having 100 calories of literally pure sugar like if you were to take 100 calories a spoonful sugar and then 100 calories an avocado they have the same same calorie but your Mm -hmm. body is storing things and digesting things differently because of that insulin and that's not reflected on a nutrition label and so that's just goes to show that what our body does on the inside is really different than what it says on a label and things like insoluble fiber we don't digest it that's why it's insoluble and yeah. so that will just will just you know it'll pass through our gut it'll feed our microbes and then we excrete it 
But again, that's not on. I mean, you can see the insoluble fiber on a nutrition label, but that's still taken into account in the calories, even though we don't actually digest it and that should be negated. Mm-hmm. Completely. So, yeah, confusing. Yeah, really confusing. One more thing I do just want to touch on is yogurts, because I feel like this has been something that comes up with clients a lot as well in the past. Low fat yogurts versus full fat yogurts. Mm. so let's take so I well not recently actually probably a few years ago now switched from zero percent to just full fat Greek yogurt actually if you look at the label I think the calories are near enough the same it's the fat content but it's kind of like those healthy fats that keep you satisfied so whereas I was like absolutely starving after my yogurt bowl on zero percent now when I have like a decent greek yogurt that's like actually just the normal stuff satisfied for so much longer totally and usually not not so much in all of them but usually if something is low fat then they'll up the sugar to make it taste Mm -hmm. better or the sweeteners because you know fat adds in a lot of flavor um so there's always these kind of like and not so much in yogurt because they literally can just like extract a lot of the fat like the milk Mm -hmm. fat and you know do without it but in some of other package things when they remove fat they will substitute so just like and there's nothing wrong with that like if you want something that's lower fat and higher sugar cool like again nothing wrong with that just just to be aware of it but I agree like I I always eat full fat yogurt because for that reason just normal yogurt it won't keep me full at all same with like the kind of um bio live yogurts the ones with kind of those live cultures in they're usually higher in sugar but for those live cultures to stay alive there needs to be like an appropriate amount of sugar in that item that's why the sugar and kombucha so again don't always be put off it's just that's what we keep saying just take it with a pinch of salt because it's not always the same reason you know five grams of sugar in a yogurt isn't the same with five grams of sugar in the cookie or whatever I agree I completely agree and I guess we won't go into it in this episode but I think one of the things that has kind of really annoyed me and a lot of people I think you included and a lot of other health professionals is like when there's a rise in like a nutrition trend and then brands try and kind of like capitalize on it Mm -hmm. and make these claims on their food but we know that that's not so for example like the rise of gut health and now everything has like probiotics but if anything is cooked it will not have probiotics it won't survive (laughs) And I see a lot of people saying like, oh, this, and it has all this probiotics. And it's like, that was heated. All mm-hmm. that bacteria is going to die. Yeah. So I just get quite frustrated as well when there's certain food trends that take off and brands try and capitalize. They'll, they'll change their claims or whatever on their nutrition labels to kind of support that agenda. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it needs a deeper eye to kind of sift through that and be like, well, no that's wrong yeah exactly so yeah just side note but yeah no the yogurt was a good a good point to raise definitely cool anything else you want to bring up no no I think that's really it and just to highlight that like BMI I think that's like the greatest analogy in the world Mm -hmm. um like BMI we need it for a reason but there's such personal and individual variations that take it with a pinch of salt and if you're comparing a food label over five grams of saturated fat go with whichever one you like more 
Yeah, completely. And in our book, Forking Wellness, which is available, it's out now in America and available to pre-order in the UK. It will be out really, really soon. Um, We give you so many tools in order to identify actually what works best for you. And we know that comparing ourselves to, you know, mine and Barry's diet is even so different. So different. (laughs) And we are both very healthy individuals. So, yeah, to try and that's really what the book is about, isn't it? It's giving you the education and the knowledge you need to identify what is your version of health. Yeah. So if anyone is struggling, please order. (laughs) Yeah. And tag us and let us know that you ordered. Um, It's so fun for us to see. And yeah, thank you guys for tuning in this week. And um, hopefully Sophie will record some pranks on her (laughs) friend's family. Okay, the pressure's on. (laughs) No pressure if you don't do it, but it would be so funny. And I kind of ruined my moment. Um, But yeah, please, please try. Okay. (laughs) For my own enjoyment. I will, I will, I promise. (laughs) All right, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And share with your friends and family or anyone that you think this episode might be helpful to. It really does help us get seen in the charts. Please go follow us on Instagram at Forking Wellness and pre-order our book either on Amazon.co.uk or BarnesandNobles.com.